All right, everyone, welcome back. Thank you for tap, tap, tapping in with us today. We back with another episode today. Uh, let me just start by introducing our new guest. We have a new person here named Anna. What happened was we kind of had a transition. We had some people leave who left to go do better, you know, bigger, better things. Well, we're glad Anna can join us. She's going to talk a little bit about herself too. Cincinnati girl, another Cincinnati girl, live yep. in the flesh. So, uh, hope you guys are excited. Today, our topic is about the term people of color. And when we talk about, in this term, when we talk about people of color, what we mainly mean is how does that, using that name or that title to describe a person of color? Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I read the Google definition? Go ahead. It says the term person of color is primarily used to describe any person who is not considered white. Anyone. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and this topic kind of came up. There's a, a writer named Damien Young. He writes a whole bunch of fantastic books. And he was really harping on how the term people of color really irked him like it bothered him to walk around and have someone else call him a person of color so I, I really wanted to ask you guys how does how does that make you feel like what first let me ask you what is your term of choice like if someone were to come up to you and they said who do you describe your your race as what what would you say um, I would say African-American because when I hear like people of color it made me think like back to the like 50s and 60s where everything was mm -hmm. segregated and it was like color only, bathrooms, drinking fonts, all that. Mm -hmm. It just like, hearing people of color, it just irked me like, ugh. Yeah. I prefer African American. Um, I think it depends on the circumstance of when people of color are used. But sometimes I don't mind it. It depends on, I guess, the conversation surrounded by it or it, the intent of the person who says it because it can be used derogatory. Just would kind of give it a little different spin off of it. No, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I prefer African-American. I know, like, people say, like, blacks sometime, too. But even, like, how people say, like, blacks, you know, it really right. de it really depends. Because, I mean, I remember, like, in lecture, this uh, this one professor, like, he would say, they were describing, like, disease states and stuff. And, like, they, they said blacks at one point, And then they said ca Caucasian. And I'm like, if you're saying blacks, you have to say whites. You can't say blacks and then Caucasians. Right. So I, I think it depends, but I, I prefer African-American because it seems like a more, like, formal way. He does it on purpose, though, yeah. because a, a student has went up to him, and he was like, well, in this in this article, it says it is okay to use blacks. Like, he does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I, sometimes I struggle with African-American because, like, I know, like, everything that has to do with us kind of derives from Africa. But, like, my family personally is from Jamaica, so... Sometimes I wonder, should it be Jamaican-American? Should it be African-American, oh, Haitian-American, yeah. that type of thing? But then at, at the at the base, at the root, it doesn't really, you know? It's right. still all muddy Africa. I was just going to say, at the end of the day, like, no one's going to look at you and be, like, Haitian or Jamaican. They're going to be, like, black. black yeah, yeah that's, that's like, say, like, uh, you see somebody, like, say they're Japanese, you're going to refer, refer to them as, uh, like, uh, Asian-American, you know? Yeah. So, like, everybody almost grouped in one when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, they just use Africa as the continent. African. American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I see, like, y'all talking about the, the kind of basis around, like, it has to have, something has to be derived from it, like, whether it's a tone of voice or mm -hmm. the conversation that's happening. Yeah, the content. But then just regular, if someone called you person of color, would that agitate you just? Let me put it like this then. How about it's a Caucasian who is a peer of yours. If a peer was calling you, a white peer was calling you a person of color, how would you automatically take that? Could that? In my head, that already sounds weird because yeah. it's, it's nowadays. Yeah, in twenty twenty one, I feel like if another white person is calling me a person of color, I'm gonna look at them like that's an interesting way to flip it. And it's and it's like, how do you continue the conversation from that that point? I feel like it goes back to like it depends on the context. 
and like their tone of voice and how they're saying it because even in like you know like you said like when you read like books and look at like literature and stuff sometimes it'll say and depending on when it was written it'll say like people of color or something like that so if it's if it's being said in like a a formal way I feel like that kind of changes, like, I, I, I really wouldn't think twice about it. But if it's, like, someone says it, like, randomly, like, out of the blue, or it's, like, not, like, it's, like, casual conversation, like, I, I don't think it should be said, like, informally, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think it depends on context. And I definitely think that there's a difference of someone saying she is a colored person versus Ooh, she is a yes. person of color. <laughs> yeah. Like, they may be like, hey, we have this person named Brianna. She is a pers- person of color, which I don't think should be brought up in any circumstance because why do you need to know? Like, how does that change your opinion on me or anything? But if it were to happen, I would prefer she is African-American. Mm-hmm. You kind of bring up an interesting point about, like, because that terminology kind of still gets used. Like, even in the yeah. business world, when they are telling someone that, like someone of color is coming or there's an ethnic an ethnic group coming they will say a person of color is coming and it's like you shouldn't need, like that should just get phased out altogether right. you should just say i have so and so coming to do this they're going to have the interview they're going to have whatever they doing yeah. you go about your business mm-hmm. but i mean i think also like kind of like what lamani said like it just reminds you i think of like back in the day when it's like Bathrooms were labeled like colored people right. and whites. Yeah. So like yeah, I mean it does it does I think at least does not it doesn't have good connotation mm-hmm. associated with it. I would so. say like how Anna said in a formal tone or formal tone, as if like um, like if we host BSU, we'll say like this organization is for people of color because that's who our target yeah. audience is. Mm-hmm. But then that's also us saying it. Mm-hmm. So like it kind of. I feel like it's not Th- that that's the same way like black people take the n-word like right if another black person say the n-word that that's whatever we don't really care like we'll go back but the moment yeah. someone of a different race starts saying swinging that thing around it's like what you mm-hmm. want yeah. yeah and the back to what Bree said when we uh like targeting the people of color it's like that's that's like I know I know we're saying like um the context so, like, when we were recruiting people for BSU, it's almost, like, formal. So, yeah, it feel different. That's why I was saying, like, in a formal tone, I can see it being yeah. used. But I prefer African-American. Mm-hmm. So, so, the next time, well, I don't even know if this has happened. But if you seen someone else calling someone a person of color, would you automatically want to go talk to the person who got called that in their face? Or... Would you kind of just let it just go? Who got called that or who said that? You would talk to the person who got called that. Like, would like you, so-and-so called you a person of color. Would you go comfort them? or I don't um, know if comfort is the word to use, but go talk to them to make sure they didn't take it no type of way. I think I would address the individual who said it rather than who it was addressed to because I was the one in that situation and I feel like that's something that I should address rather than telling someone and be like, oh, that person called you this, so go handle that. Because I think, you know how they say you should tell somebody when something's wrong at that moment, don't Definitely. wait and, mm. like, bring it up later. I feel like I would say, hey, um, most people don't prefer that tone or that language. Yeah. Um, this is more preferable. Mm-hmm. The only reason I asked about if you would approach the person who, term was targeted at is because a lot of people end up feeling isolated after that like if no one doesn't say anything to either the person or to them now they feel like man is this something that i'm going to deal with on a regular basis like are people just going to be throwing around terminology like this and like being at a pwi and now that i have the job that i have now i i hear the stories way more than i did in undergrad so for me it's like how do we protect each other? Like we all kind of in this space, we kind of gotta be there for each other because there ain't no one else looking out for us. So how do we take that next step to being for, you know, a brother, a sister, someone who needs us? So that's why I was kind of going with that question. I think it's all about unity. Like we have to stick with each other. Um, if someone feels comfortable enough to confront us about a situation that was going on, we need to make sure that we're there for them, and we also get administration involved who needs to mm-hmm. in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. I, believe, 
I feel like that's kind of hard though, because like saying like a person of color, yeah, it might offend some people, but that's kind of like a gray area, you know? Yeah. Like, just saying that itself isn't like truly like it's not as bad as like saying like a white person calling a black person n word, you know? Right. It's not as like enforceable. I feel like, but I do agree with you with the unity stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we should try at least like switch the language at least. And I think some people use that term trying to be respectful. But they so don't know. So you're not, like, directly calling someone, especially if it's something that they're not. Um, I think they try to use the term to be respectful, but it's not always. It's not respectful. Yeah. Ignorance always plays a part of that. The amount that you know about another culture, the amount you know about how another race or ethnic group feels, that's going to determine how you approach them how you want to have conversations with them. So everyone doesn't know. So and it's funny, myself and the director of Office of Multicultural Development have talked a lot about how do we get the other races to want to learn about other races. Because if you don't want to get out your comfort zone to learn about no one else, how mm-hmm. how are we gonna have a bond, how are we gonna connect with each other? It's gonna yeah. make it difficult. That's why I always find, like, urban areas so crazy to me because it doesn't matter what race you are in that urban area. Everyone acts damn near the same. It, yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any difference at all. People are not shocked when you walk past them because mm-hmm. you see the same everything every day. In, like, this area, you walk by and people are like, what? Like, where yeah. they come from? That, I will say, in the village, color on the rise in the village. Just walk <laughs> around in here now. I, I'm seeing... Working at gas stations, I'm seeing colored True. people walking around. I said, "There's no way, y'all villagers." Mm. And I had to ask. I say that in the car all the time. Like, ain't no way that's a villager. <laughs> where yeah. are they coming from? Yeah, where are they all coming from? Probably Lima, for real. The one I oh. met at the gas station. Yeah, he said he's from Lima. And I was like, "Ah, oh, I see." And now it makes sense. The village is way cheaper than Lima. I will say that. Mm-hmm. That. But that it was always weird though, because I remember like my first meeting, we've had guys who used to walk around Ada by themselves, and like we had one dude come back to practice with a messed up hand because he was fighting in the alley, talking about some a couple of white really? boys just jumped him in the alley, and I'm like, what? how are you walking around in Ada by yourself? I don't like walking around by myself. This is not hey. this is not the place, I especially walk with back my then. Dog, but that ain't enough. At the only time people are even, and it's crazy because it's not this not supposed to happen. The only time like college students are safe outside of the confinements of our campus is on the weekends because everyone is partying. So you're not gonna say anything to a college student who's probably surrounded by a bunch of drunk college students. College students. I was about to cuss. So yeah, a bunch of drunk college students. So. Like, you got to be always ready to protect yourself, protect the people that you're with. And and it's crazy because I feel like tensions have heightened since I first got here. But at the same time, some people, like, are trying to tone it down a notch, trying to hide the fact how they think, how they feel about black people just as a whole. I don't know. Do y'all feel like y'all see differences between the years but how the pe- how the actual villagers act towards us? For me, I feel like not necessarily how it, like they act, but it's like the tone. Like when you walk into like community market, mm-hmm. it just feels weird, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think it's like more of how I feel. I don't know if it's because it's like I know like I'm walking into a place knowing that there's not going to be diversity and it's like I already feel like that way, so maybe I'm bringing that energy in, but it's like... I don't know, I feel like knowing that there's not a lot of diversity around me, it's like that energy when I go into like community market or like even some of the restaurants, it just like, it feels weird, you know? Do you guys feel like that? I I have my moments. I feel like when when I go out, people are mostly nice to me. Yeah. Um, Like when I go to the gas station, like males will open doors for me or they'll like ask me how I'm doing. The community market, they seem pretty nice to me. I was like, oh, how was your day? And one lady gave me a discount for no reason. I was just like, okay, so it, I guess it all depends. Yeah. There's an elderly man in my neighborhood, and I thought he was going to say something. 
Ellie and I were walking the other day. He was like, oh, hey, how are you? You live in my neighborhood, don't you? You have such a cute dog. So some people are being kind of friendly, but the environment does still seem a little off. But I haven't really had a negative experience with the villager. Yeah, I feel like it's mostly like kind of like how we feel walking into it because it's like it's a country area. Yeah. And like our first intentions when we walk into a country area is never like a friendly experience. Like it's not I shouldn't say not friendly, but it just feels yeah, uncomfortable. So I have yeah, I haven't experienced something personally, but I think it's just like the vibe to it. It just doesn't yeah. seem mm-hmm. like I'm you used still to feel it. the energy. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's because like it's not many of us around. Mm-hmm. And I know y'all just said y'all haven't had like bad experiences and like I haven't either. It's been more like it's been more just like looks and looks like and stares. Yeah. That's that's really the yeah. only thing that was nonverbal. Yeah, the nonverbal non-verbal. stuff. Yeah, and, and I lowkey think there's a part of that that has to do with people not being bold enough to like approach like black people. Mm-hmm. Like I think that plays into it a little bit. There's such a it's weird, but a fear factor when it comes to yeah. a black male or a black yeah. woman, yeah. especially so, a black male. So they just don't do anything. Yeah, but you can see it and. You, Honor brought up a good point about restaurants. Like, yeah. for the first time, like, I don't sit down in the restaurants here. I grab my food, and I kind of go back yeah. to wherever I'm going. But the first time I ever, like, sat down in a restaurant, and I looked around, I'm seeing everyone look back at me like I, I'm okay. the crazy dude, like, in here on like this. But you're new. They're just like, we've never seen this before. And I think that, that, that. It also has to do with the fact that the village is so small they that know everyone, everyone knows each other. Yeah. So, so there's this new face that just kind of showed up. So I think that plays a role in it a little bit, too. But you should still know a sense of rude and inappropriate. Like, you can't just be staring at somebody. Yeah. The, the craziest one was the bowling alley. I, were you with yeah, me? Yeah, you talking about when we walked in? We walked into the bowling alley, and it was supposed to be like a BSU bowling oh, night. Yeah. And Every the whole all lanes was just Caucasian, and the moment yeah. me and Lamani walked in, they all turned and like we was just gonna rob their cookies. Oh, yeah. it didn't make no sense. <laughs> we just want to bowl with y'all. Right. <laughs> we just want a couple lanes so we can fling these things. Go home. Right. Yeah, but but I, what I will say is I'm super like grateful that with the connection that we got in the little city area now, because over the summer when I was stuck here. I never needed to see culture more than this past summer. It was the craziest thing. I never felt so, like, out of place in my life. But I will say getting that connection with the city was definitely necessary. And that's why I want to plug, like, our university with the city because now I see the true benefits of seeing more culture, folks. So, I mean – as far as, like, I remember, like, my freshman year, like, people used to, like, walk off the sidewalk. Like, if they seen me coming, like, they'd walk to the whole other side of the street mm-hmm. if they have to or just out the way right. or, like, not hold a door. But, mm-hmm. like you said, like, this this past, really this past year has been really getting better. Like, I'm glad it's just down to looks more than just you physically walking away from me because you mm-hmm. think I'm going to do something to you or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I've seen a couple people do that. I've watched the female. In the village, it gets super windy. I've seen it get the wind so crazy, and we and me and this little girl, she just we walking, we about to walk right past her. She walked through a puddle, out into like the <laughs> access road street, I would never. and the wind damn near picked her up. I said, Dad, you know what? You know he deserved that. that. And she came right back behind me too. I said, yeah. so you walked through a puddle, damn near got picked up by the wind, just to get past me. It's more than enough sidewalk. You little as hell. What I'm gonna do to you? Yeah. But. But I don't see, I will say, I definitely don't see stuff like that no more. Mm-hmm. Now when I walk around campus to do little rounds so I can see people, it's like everyone's excited. And I think I kind of got more face on campus now. People yeah. recognize me now, mm-hmm. which is crazy as hell. But people recognize me now, so as they, that plays a little bit of a role in it. But mm-hmm. I, I will say I can definitely feel the difference on our campus I wonder how we can translate that to the village. But you, you are right, though. Most of the villagers, they do be pretty friendly for the yeah, most part. Yeah, they do look sometimes, especially, like, when I'm walking on the main road. People be on the streets. They'll either smile because I'm with my dog, or they'll just be looking, like, the whole time. Still going by looking, about to break their neck. The dog might look, he be saving your life. No, she's scary looking. 
People, she's scary looking. Even if she wasn't scary, you look at white people love no, dogs. They do. Period. They do. Every time I'm with her, someone is going to say something until like they try to get close to her. She's like, hey, back uh, up. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? She's yeah. still a dog. And then she likes to hug. So we'll be walking and she'll hug me. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Like, they'll roll down the window. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. They'll say something. So, Lamani, you trying to hit us with the spotlight of the day? Yes, sir. <coughs> Explain it a little bit, too. Okay. So, the spotlight of the day for myself is going to be a rapper. So, today I picked J. Cole, who is one of the top three most conscious and influential rappers, um, is what Forbes said. So, I'm going to give you all a little backstory about J. Cole. J. Cole started off... Um, he was born on a military base, and his father was uh, he he served in the military and was a veteran that eventually b- abandoned him by the age of eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, as Deco continued to grow older, he started to find a love for the for the art of music, and by the age of twelve, he started writing his own raps and everything like that. Deco was also a great student in school, graduating high school with a four point two. And he accepted a scholarship to St. John's University in New York to further his music career. Uh, He started off as a computer science major, but switched to communications because he seen how the computer science uh, majors ended up in life, which was pretty lonely. Uh, (laughs) J. Cole was also the president of his uh, university's BSU. So that kind of relates to us a little bit. Um, He ended up graduating college with a 3.8. Uh, as the magma cum laude, mm-hmm. I think I pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a couple years later, he signed with Rock Nation, and the rest is history. Wow, nice. I did not know all that. Yeah. Which one you think the clap, the clap is? You think it's this one? Mm. I know this one. I think it's the laugh track. Go ahead, no. click it. I'm no, that's, no, that's cricket. cricket. I think it's the dark blue. <laughs> I think it's the yellow. I think it's this yellow. One? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's good. Hey. Cole, we love you out here in Ada. That yep. your man. If you're listening. Okay. So, Spotlight of the Day is something that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're just going to highlight, you know, some culture, let people know who we uh idolizing, who we uh think are good role models for people to look up to. So, back on the topic, though. So, in your personal experience, what do you think a person of color means? Like, what does that term mean to you? I feel like, in a sense, being a person of color, like, that almost means you got to fight for everything you're going to get in life. Because um, just simply being a person of color is kind of hard to, or I'm not going to say it's hard, but it's definitely some restraints on the things you can do because it this color of your skin. Um, because just, like, people who are higher up might not respect you to a certain degree because you're black or Asian or, you know, not white, so I just feel like being a, a person of color is just a constant fight. Mm-hmm. I would say being a person of color is not for the weak. Um, you have to be strong. Uh, people of color, like Lamani said, have to go through a lot of hardships that aren't given to them, like other racial counterparts. Um, there's a lot of stride you have to go through, a lot of strength you have to go through. From people calling you derogatory names to you not getting the same opportunities as others. So, and I also think it's a type of, um, how do I want to explain it? It's a different type of relationship. Like, because the people in the same category as you understand the struggles that you go through that other people cannot understand. And even if you un- explain it to them, they still cannot understand. They, they can't truly feel what that feels like. Can't so I fathom. think it's, yeah, like, they're like, wow, people do that to you? But, like, you're showing sympathy, but you still will never know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a unity to it. Um, yeah, that's what I think of people of color. I think when I hear the word, like, person of color, just, like, you know, like, black in general or, like, some type of, some some type of something in you, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I think it's, like, something powerful. Like, it's, like, I have a sense of, like, power in me. Because, like, yeah, even though if you're not on a diverse area or, you know, you look different, it's, like, 
you're like you have that sense of like you look different it's like people are looking at you and like some people are like oh like I like your style I like how you wear your hair I like your clothes kind of thing and it's like even if I don't know if you guys have like talked about you know whenever people are like mimicking like black culture you know like like maybe it's like white people wearing braids or like the way they're dressed or how they talk kind of thing dreadlocks yes so it's like (laughs) and like when I hear that I'm like yeah like it's in a sense annoying because like when they get praised for like all our culture but it's like you know they're taking what's ours so it's like i I kind of associate as like a sense of power like we have a sense of like substance to us so we definitely do i feel like um like touching on what brie was talking about like unity like yeah i feel like being a person of color you're always gonna have like that connection that connection yeah yeah, like especially here like you see a a black person you immediately want to talk to them or get to know them and everything and and that kind of goes along like anywhere too. That that's what's really crazy about it. Mm-hmm. If I see like a black person in Florida, he gonna want to say or she gonna want to say, "What's up?" If we just walk across the street, just cuss. Yeah, it's the same basic concept everywhere I've ever been, and it's because I truly believe like even if everyone's experience isn't exactly the same, every black person has that one moment mm-hmm. that makes you realize like, damn. I really am like different from everyone yeah. else, yeah. Uh, and that moment is, I think, what unifies yeah. the culture as a whole. I actually had like an interesting conversation about the differences in like the base roots of everyone's culture. Like in Africa, a lot of the tribes and everyone was cliquish. Like everyone wanted to kind of stay together and govern together. And a lot of the other areas, it's always one true power. There's one person who's at the head, but there's not really that. But that also was rooted into that community Mm -hmm. when colonizers came Mm -hmm. and took things and told one tribe, like, you're better than the other. Exactly. You're going to run them. And that kind of instilled in their their culture, unfortunately. And and it built a divide. I mean, not even colonized, but, like, completely throw out their culture. Mm -hmm. Like, culture was taken away. Like, it's... This is restricted. You can no longer do this. You can exactly yeah and it's like how do it's like how how could someone walk into an environment where they see everyone working together and trying to get better together and decide you know what all that working together is dead let let's everyone just be an individual that individual mindset i feel like it wrecked like a lot of things people struggle to be in a team now like it's crazy People got to, I literally had to sit through team training meetings. And I'm like, do people really need to get this development on how to ask someone, do you need help with this? Let me help you. Like, I feel like that's regular things that people should just be naturally able to communicate. And it all depends on the the person's personality. Definitely. Not everybody is willing to help other people. And they don't even want to take the time because they feel like you should know this already. Yeah. Or they don't even want to address someone else because they're just like, why should I worry about you? Yeah. So that's another personality thing as well. And to me, it's like when I, whenever I think of like a BSU meeting, brother, brother meeting, sister, sister, I just automatically assume like those group of people are going to get along regardless. Like even if, because like, of course, there's like black people who get on my, my nerves, like, I know a couple who was on my team, and I wanted to slap the hell out of them because they just didn't know how to chill. So even though, like, I have that level of, like, sometimes they can anger me or trigger me, I ain't going to do nothing to you. I want to see you succeed just for the simple fact that you black, like, flat out. And, like, I had to really think about why. Why do I think that way? Why in the world does it doesn't matter what? What's going on? What you doing? If you black, I want to see you succeed. Sometimes, like, I feel bad that I want to see, like, gangbangers succeed sometimes. I want to see trap dudes survive sometimes. And I be like, damn. Like, I know that's wrong. But I know, like, circumstances put people into stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to say there's senseless lives that are lost in that activity. So you do want to see them succeed. And you do want, you know, them to make it out and actually mm-hmm. have something going more than what they're doing now. Definitely. I want every everybody to be great, but especially my black people. Yes. 
I want to see all my boys get out of Project Baby and start hey. being suburban dudes. I'm a suburban now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's like a um like family for real. Like yeah. you will argue with your brother or your sister, but next day you really cool with them again because y'all basically grew up with the same life. And I feel like that's almost similar with a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of my boys, we basically grew up exactly the same, just in different households. Like we always talk like sharing stories about what happened, like. Our parents raised us in just different situations. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do. Like, even at church, like, it's brother so-and-so. It's sister so-and-so. So, from a youngin', like, you taught to treat each other like brother and sister. Mm-hmm. I wonder, how are we, like, the only culture to do that? We can't be the only culture. That do what? That, like, that's our terminology for each other. Like, this is sister. Sister this is Mary. Brother. Yeah. Brother Joseph. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a a culture thing, but I wouldn't be surprised, like, if it is. It might be. But it may be the same thing in a different culture. It's just different terminology mm-hmm. that we just don't know. True. Because we haven't experienced that. Some more. Yeah. <laughs> he said some more. <laughs> I love that how, like, you may not know another black person, but, like, when you walk by, you're going to do the little head nod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. dab. Like, we always got that, regardless. Or, like, if there's a situation, but, like, you can't say something, you'll look at the person. You can, like, tell what the <laughs> other person thinking. Like, somebody said something crazy. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be funny as hell. When right. It's two people across, like, and they both hear something. Like, oh, you don't even have to say nothing. You just, like. Looks like us. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I love that. I'm quick to look at somebody if something happens. I'm good. <laughs> anyone else hear it? That's why. We be thinking <laughs> anyone else just hear what the hell. So, we talk a lot about the the camaraderie that black folks have with each other. What about that section that was that didn't really die down at all? But it's it's still kind of around where it's the light skin versus dark skin, mm-hmm. the whole you know the dividing, the dividing. The yeah, that that that's always interesting to me because, like, even at let me give an example. Like the Dominican Republic, like they don't ever want to be called like mm. like Afrocentric, Hispanic, none of that. They mm. they want to be called Spanish, and the lighter ones are considered more Spanish, so they get better treatment. And and it's funny because that that island is shared with Haiti, which is full of black people right across it's the way. It's in their it's in their blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think with that they see how black people are treated. And they're like, I don't want to be treated like that. I'm not black. Like, I, that's not me. That's them. That's not me. And it doesn't, but it doesn't make no difference. It doesn't make they, any difference. They're brown yeah. regardless. Yeah. Once you not. And they can be very darker tone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they will not claim. Yeah. Because they don't want to be viewed as that. They, they'd rather be called the term Hispanic than Afro anything. Ah. Uh, Oh no! I d- I don't I don't understand the reason. The only thing I could think of is they just don't want to be associated with that, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "That's not me." Like, I have this Hispanic heritage. How can I be black yeah. or exactly. African American? Oh no! The dr the dr got it though. Like, I don't know yeah. why they hating on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it don't make no sense. Yeah. Oh no! W- what year y'all think that light skin black versus dark skin thing really got to like? Overhyping, like in America. I feel like when our parents was kids, really, like my mom, she's a, uh, she's got black and Greek in her, so she like really fair skin. Mm-hmm. So, um, like all her black friends always tell her like she was never black enough, but her white oh, friends, yeah. she never white enough for them. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it was the worst at that time, like in the late sixties. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's been a for everything, for starting ever. from yeah. like. How slave versus build, build slave. Mm-hmm. Then you move on. Then you got like the lighter skin tones who are offered a little bit more opportunities than a darker skin tone. And then it starts developing to light skin, dark skin. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's going to be in the culture for a while. I don't know how to get rid of it, but. You're right. It kind of was like bread and tours. It's just changed terms over the years. Yeah. It's identified as something else. What I will say is that I'm glad that, like, the light skin versus dark skin thing has become more playful now. 
like we make TikTok jokes about it. Instagram right. jokes like light right. skins gonna over exaggerate things yeah, and the dark true. skins don't care about nothing they just gonna get it done that is true so I, I think I like that spin to it and but I still don't like the idea that it's still black versus black that's still like uh, but hopefully like this once you turn something into a joke I feel like it's easier to yeah. kind of it is it is a lot more playful than it has it has been in the past i remember like oh she dark skinned or it used to be like that but now it's like man he acts so light-skinned and everybody's like Mm -hmm. kiki and and (laughs) the person is kiki in themselves it is definitely a lighter tone on it now i could definitely say like in middle school and stuff like if you was darker you was getting roasted (laughs) like you was getting picked on and it's crazy because no reason it's Florida. The sun gonna cook you regardless. You gonna <laughs> get darker regardless, and it didn't matter. Like people was gonna fire you up for being darker. You get compared to so many things. Though. Look at her. She as dark as this. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I got lucky because like yeah, I would be considered a dark skin, but I'm not dark skin. I'm still like brown. I don't. Mm. I'm not walking around looking like Michael Blackston. So. Look at you. There you go now. Yeah, but that's his name. <laughs> hey, Dad, them was the jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I really wasn't picked on for either one because I don't feel like I fall into the category of dark or light skins. Yeah. yeah. I think the only the only time I really was picked on because I was a band kid, we were in the sun huh. all day. So you you start school. <laughs> so, like, they're like, dang, like, why are you so dark? I'm like, it's from band. But then when my color comes back, like, but there is, there. I hate that there is children and uh, young adults and older people of darkest skin tone and, like, real, true, rich black. I love it. I mm. love dark skin. But just they're picked on because they are so different mm. within the other community. And I hate that because they don't always have the support or they don't always see themselves as beautiful because people tell them that they're not. Yeah. Mm. That that beauty thing is big because back in the day, like if you was darker, a lot of people would tell you like you ugly, da 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 da. da. And that now that I look back at, I'm like that's the stupidest thing to ever yeah. say. Like that's so dumb. Like and they would be beautiful, but just because of their color, like yeah. they were not considered. You're considered ugly, which I never understood. And I think it's crazy that you bring that up because, like, I feel like even now, like the modeling agency and stuff, like on the front of magazines, like you see like. The dark, like the really yes. dark, rich, and I'm like, like, yes. like, 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 yeah. like. Yes. So, I mean, I think like seeing that, it's like we're progressing kind of out of this, like, we are. all right, you're this shade, I can't talk to you, kind of thing. So it's like I feel like we're like kind of, I mean, of course, there's still gonna be that division there, but I feel like we're slowly kind of like making progress or making it more it. playful, like Holton said, yeah. than less serious. Yeah. Uh, I could just hope that it just continues to go on a yeah. trend. Because the last thing black people need is something else to build animosity between one another. Exactly, right. But there's people out there that will find something oh, without to divide us. Mm. No one wants unity within mm. the the brown community, black brown community. I feel like if there was ever, like, for sure, like, uniform unity, it would spread past just black people it, it would be, be a dangerous game it would be all cultures because we all damn near get lumped into the same like pile it's white damn it versus everybody else and mm. a lot of things yeah. majority things mm. so that's why i said if the unity happened it would be a dangerous game yeah taking hey, over it's go ahead y'all think like society tried to separate us because we might like actually become more powerful because like i got a I got some white friends that, like, they just don't think logically, and it blows my mind because it's, like, some that college didn't teach me to, like, think logically. Like, I can't even think of none just off the bat. But if y'all kind of know what I'm saying, though, like, it is just be street street smarts almost. Yeah, Yeah, just, like, think a little bit, and you won't struggle or do the wrong thing or make the wrong decision. Yeah. But they've always had things handed to them. You got to realize that, too. That's true. So we understand that, but – they haven't really been in trouble for real. Even if mm-hmm. they do get in trouble, it's going to be, like, slept under the rug. Yeah, slept so on the they race. don't even. I've seen a statistic of how often, like, culture people get into a point of poverty versus white people. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like for every like three months, like a Caucasian family could go into poverty at any point. But a black family within a week of pay, it's possible for them to just go into poverty. Pay, it's a discrepancies in everything. Environment, jobs, um, education, resources, it's terrible. That that poverty thing, though, that really will, like, change your outlook on everything. And, I like, even though I know I, like, I wasn't, I was by no means had any type of money. Like, I grew up wearing starters, as shoes, shacks, all that. I had no other option. Pay less. Had to. To now, now I'm making money now, and I'm like, damn, if I had money when I was little, what? What would I have learned, like, if I just had all these things given to me all the time? What 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 would I have taken from being at school? What would I have known about going out and going hustling at at my middle school, at my high school, to make some money so I can do something for myself? Would I have needed that? Would I have wanted to go do that? What I think what I learned the quickest though is that a lot of people, regardless of if they have money or not, were still trying to find their hustles so i i hope in my head i hope that i would still have went out on my way to go find out how to hustle how to be an entrepreneur but i think the difference between the two like you said one who actually had the grind or they did struggle for a little moment or someone who always had his stuff handed to them i think the people who have the opportunities they were allowed to dream they were allowed to think bigger than what they were or they were they had the platform and the resources to, like, think outside of where they were. And I feel like the people in the other, like, category, what they have now is what they know. And sometimes people don't think besides that. That's why you say, like, I got all my homies on the block. Like, your homies don't think about leaving the block. They're like, I got to get this money. Like, that's all they know. Yeah. They they weren't allowed to dream big. If you dream big, it's like, boy, you ain't going to do that. Go sit down. Yeah. I think that's that was the difference in, in the treatment of, like, Oh, you're allowed to do these things. Yeah, go explore that. Go do that. And then this community, they're like, go, go work. You can't do that. You can't think about that. Well, let me ask you this then. When I turn in terms of like being a black male, I was always told like, you're gonna do one out of these three things. Either you're gonna be broke and be nothing. You're gonna become an athlete, or you're gonna be some type of drug dealer or a rapper. Like those were your options. Right. As a black female, did y'all have the same like stipulations or? Did y'all hear something different? I Obviously not your parents, because your mm-hmm. parents going to tell you to right. do stars. Yeah, reach for the stars. I can't I can't ha- say I had that experience. Yeah, at least for me, it's always been like education. Yeah. Like get your degree, mm-hmm. and then you could do whatever you want. So it's always been like school, read yeah. this book, you finished, read another one kind of thing. So it's like... For I me, was, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. Been like I was school. a suburban child, so it was like school. You can do what you want to do. You want to try this club? Go. You want to do this thing? Go. Like I had, because my people had the resources, I was able to do whatever I wanted to. If I was like, hey, like I want to take up ice skating, they'll be like, okay, like we can do it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was always like whatever you want to do, you can do it. Or if you, and it was school. You always drill school. It's like you have to have education going. You have to do this, this, this. Yeah. I feel like it's, like, ups and downs to both, really, because, like, yeah. um, like being in, like, a poverty situation, it, it almost, like, give you that hunger to do better. Yes. Like, I don't know if y'all ever had it, but, like, if you have to sleep, like, on the floor because you, you don't have nobody's house to stay at, right? it's, like, you just sit there, like, them be long nights, like, you really yeah. thinking, like, how can I get up out of this? And it, it just make you want to do better, like do better in school, get better grades, go to go to college, get your degree, right. build a business, all that. But like y'all said, it is also that other side where you either on the block or you you feel me, you stuck in your city, or you gonna that's have to be an athlete. Do. That's all yeah. you know. Yeah, that's all you know. Yeah, so it's, like, it's your city and the hustle in your city. I think it's more of getting comfortable in the place that you're in. A lot of people are in a certain space and they're like, I'm comfortable with this. This yeah. is fine. I can see myself doing this for the rest so of my life. So they don't reach. They don't reach mm-hmm. because you're you're comfortable with where you are. Yeah. yeah. That comfort is never a good thing. No. Yeah, comfort horrible. I don't ever want to be too comfortable. Yeah. yeah. 
something. Like, I always want to strive for more. Even when I do this, I need to go past that. Yep. And when I try to, like, talk to, like, little kids now, like, to mentor them to start dreaming big, start to do yeah. other things, like, now they not. I don't think I've heard, like, one of these kids. I've heard one. I've heard one kid tell me he wanted to do something that didn't have to do with sports. One. They don't, even now, it's like they don't comprehend, like, there's other opportunities out there for you other than just athletics Mm -hmm. and being in your your hood. And that has to do with the environment, like we said earlier. Like, they don't have their resources at school. Mm -hmm. And there's some schools that don't teach kids, like, oh, you're supposed to go to college. It's like, okay, once you graduate high school, you don't have the counselors who help you find schools to apply to and you don't have like that after uh, after school programs that's like enrichment in math or science or certain like things so it it is the upbringing as well like you said and the environment that's around you have you guys ever heard of eric thomas yep et yeah i mean like every time like i feel like that is like probably one of the best examples because i don't know if you guys have like heard his story or whatever i listen to all his motivational videos but it's like he was basically like, I guess he he like came up like kind of like the typical story. Like he didn't know his father, his biological father. It was like him and his mom. And then I guess at one point, like his mom remarried, but then he ended up becoming homeless. And now he's like a millionaire. Like he's he's huge on YouTube and stuff. So like, I don't know, like hearing his story, I feel like that can be an example to like people to realize like, you know, they don't always have to be around like if like, be around whoever they're around, even though it's, like, a safe zone. Like, you have to be out of, you have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. if you actually want to, like, go somewhere. So, I mean, I feel like that's, like, hearing his story and that example, I feel like hopefully that can inspire other people. Like, I mean, it all starts with a dream. Like, it doesn't matter right. how long it takes. Like, I think he said it took him, like, 12 years to get a four-year degree, like, literally. Mm. And now he has, like, a PhD, and he said, like, if he wanted to start, you know, living big and lavishly, like, he has to start, being around people who live like that, being yes. around people who talk like that. Mm-hmm. So it's I, th- I think it starts, like, as a dream, as a goal. And then, you know, if you don't have those resources, like, you know, try to be around people or try to get around people. Try to get those resources. Don't let your circumstance, like, hold you back kind of mm-hmm. thing. Definitely. And that's all about support. That's another thing. Like, yeah. you have to have someone who tells you that's doable. Like, I know it's going to be very hard. I know you're going to struggle, but you can do whatever you want to do. But not everybody has that support. So, like, they have like that you one have to hardship, support, and they're just know? like, I would never, like, I can't do it. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that's totally right. I feel like then that has to, like, your support has to start with yourself, you know, yeah. because, like, only you get, like, only you got you at points. So you can't always yeah. depend on someone. But that's what you said, like, surrounding yourself. Yeah. Like, say you're trying to complete your degree. You need to, I mean, you have teachers like, are you sure this is for you? Yeah. Are you sure you want to do this? But if you go to, like, counseling, you have a counselor who's really, like, for you, and they're mm-hmm. like, I found this for you. I found this mentor for you. The support definitely helps. It but does. Like you yeah. said, you got to have that drive yourself. Exactly. And you got to, like, just have that idea that you can do it, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what anybody say. There is going to be the points, though, where you're going to feel, like, yeah. alone yeah. by yeah. yourself. You want to give up. Yeah. And I, I think that's, like, one of the biggest fear factors. Like, people... Once they get to that point in their career of whatever they're doing, where they feel like they're all by themselves, no one wants anything from them, no one wants to see them succeed. I feel like that's when people get the most drop off. Like they don't have the confidence in themselves to keep going, keep pushing. And it's like, how do you continue to help them grow, even with that mindset? Like you got to be able to do stuff by yourself. Like even like if you say you're an athlete. I don't care who you are. Every athlete that you see, NFL, NBA, MLB, all that, at some point they had to grind by themselves. There there was no, like, everyone not going to want to work. Everyone, that's not everyone's mindset. People want to relax and be lazy. So you got to put in some type of effort at some point by yourself. But I think also with sports, that's a passion that they love. Mm-hmm. That drive is enough to get them going. Yeah. But it's the drive thing. You got to have the drive. You got to have the drive. And know if you have blow after blow after blow where you're just like dang like when am I gonna catch a break some people stop at that point they're like well I should just give up and just settle for what I have going and some people they still like have that breakthrough where they're able just to bypass that that and continue going I feel like it also has to do with like you know 
sometimes it's like a vision that they see or like an end goal. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like, yeah, I'm going through this right now. Like, yeah, it's not going great. But like, I'm trying to get here. You gotta and in order to get picture. here, like, you got to get through this kind of thing. So I think like, you have to see the end goal in mind. Like, where you, where do you want to be? Like, what do you want to do? Whatever, like, whatever it is. And then like, I think accepting that, you know, there's always going to be hurdles in the way. But in order to like, like when you're going through a hurdle, like, you have to, in order to get through it, like, it's almost confidence that you can get through another one. Mm-hmm. So. Let me get. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of this starts in the school system. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know, like, personally, like, middle school is when it really started. Because, um, like, going from elementary to middle school, you know, you get actual grades. And I wasn't really, the, I ain't going to say I was the best. Like, I wasn't the worst student either. But I had a lot of teachers telling me, like, you're not going to do nothing, basically. Like, I was trying to get into this program uh, called, like, it was called AVID. It's, it's basically like a, it's trying to prepare you for, like, high school and college readiness type stuff. And uh, one of my science teachers, like, I did bad on one of the tests, and uh, he just said, like, they don't teach that in that program. Like, you're not getting in there. Um, basically, things along those lines. But I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I feel like when people hear stuff like that, it mm-hmm. should almost push them to be to prove that person wrong. Like, look at me now, like, yeah. I'm I'm doing something with my life. Like, I'm in college right now. And the way he was talking, like, I wasn't even going to make it out of middle school for real. Right. You know? it's, yeah. I and feel it's like terrible that he has that mindset as a upper, what am I trying to say, administration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have never said that to you. That's a leader in the or community. he should have said, you're not getting that learning here. I have a couple of books that you can borrow. Or yeah. if you want to meet with me after these days. Yeah. Or I know someone who can help you get that that you need provide assistance right like you're a grown man that's what i'm saying it's like these some little kids you're talking to like you have a big impact on and kids remember that you remember that to the day i know kids remember that when you tell somebody that like you're not good enough they don't let that go like that's drilled in their head and when they do succeed they're like let me message this teacher you remember when i I'm definitely doing that. When I graduate, I, I got a teacher. Say, yeah, I'm saying that, too. As soon as I get that degree, I'm going to find them. Yes. <laughs> Go right yeah. back to them. That's that drive. It's like you never forget that. You're like, I got to show them that they were wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. you counted me out. For real. Send a picture of that degree. Definitely. I'll send them a laminated it. version. Yeah. There you I'm go. I'm going to knock Here's on your coffee. <laughs> Hang it up in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let me get let me get personal with y'all then. So what was that thing? What was that thing that kept you? I think we talked about this a little bit last year, but what was your goal or what was your big picture or your drive? So in those lonely moments, you thought about it or you look back to it to make you keep pushing to whatever it was. For mine, um, like back in like 2008, we was homeless to like 2010. So we was like moving from my auntie couch to my granny floor. And just like I said, those some long nights, and it's just some I never want to have to go through again. So that's been pushing me through through college, through just school in general, football, DSU, just everything. It's been keeping me driving. Yeah, I think personally for me, it was the people who I had along the way, and I just think of like all the expenses my parents have paid, mm-hmm. all my family yeah. who supported me, who traveled to come see me, like. I can't let them down. And I want it for myself because, like Lamani said, I know how I want to live and I know what I want for myself. But then when I'm feeling down, I'm like, you're too deep into this. Like, ain't nobody got time to give up. Mm -hmm. You got people who are counting on you. You got goals that you want to achieve. Suck it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, family do play a big role. Yeah, family play a big role too. Huge. Especially like males and their moms. But I'm not going to say all of them, but like, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. You want to do, like, I want to get my mom the world if I can. So, because right. I know how much effort she put into raising me. And I know it's not easy raising a man, a man uh, yeah, turning a boy into a man. Yeah. 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 As a female. Yeah, as a female. That's, that's a I lot of work. I tell my mom all the time, I'm going to spoil you. Like, I love my mom. Yeah. I'm spoiling her. My dad, he'll get some things. But <laughs> my mom, that's my heart. I got to splurge on that lady. Yeah. I feel like for me, like, what kind of keeps me going is just, like, always not only seeing the end goal, but realizing how, like, like listening to other people's experiences and knowing, like, okay, if they could get through it, even if my circumstances is not identical to theirs, like, theirs might be worse or mine might be worse, but it's, like, like you you can get through it. If other people got through it, like, other people, people are always going through things, like, no matter, like, what the circumstances, but people are able to overcome it yeah. at some point. 
So I think realizing that and, like, realizing that, like, you just need to co- have a constant drive, like, constantly push yourself. Like, you're you're going to be you're gonna be down. You're going to want to give up and no matter, like, what you do. But if you just have that drive and if you're trying to get towards those, that drive and realizing that other people accomplish something that you're trying to accomplish, like, I think that that's what pushes me. I'm like, and, like, seeing the end goal, like, we're almost there. Right. So it's like you almost have to keep going because, like, you're this far in. It's like the only way to go is, like, uh-huh. going through. Mm-hmm. So... I also think that, like, I, I'm i very blessed. I know that I'm very blessed, and I was granted a lot of opportunities that a lot of people don't have, mm-hmm. and I feel like if I don't truly cherish that and use yeah. it, I'm wasting an opportunity mm-hmm. that was given to me, or I'm not. I agree. Yeah, and you can really tell it's just, like, I'm wasting, like, what I have, and a lot of people take it for granted because that's all they know, Yeah, and it's just, they're like, used to. they're used to that, so they think, well, like, it's not nothing. If I drop out, it's not nothing, but, yeah. like, that's an opportunity that you have that other people do not have, and you can't yeah. take that for granted. Definitely. For me, I think my story was a little bit similar to Lamani's in the sense of, like, I've never had a stable home. Like, there was never a point where me, my mother, and brothers were all, like, in the same living space for more than two years. Mm-hmm. So all growing up, I never, like, knew what it felt to have that true like home like after i'm done with school i'm going to my house to enjoy my things to enjoy whatever so for me i always look back to that like i don't want my children to ever feel like they don't have a home that's their home uh i've always like that's always been my in picture like i even though i'm doing stuff for myself now i don't even care about me and i think that's partly because my mom was a single mother so she used to sacrifice all types of things for herself so me and my brother can grow go go to college go to school all these type of things so those same ideals and mindsets are still drilled into my head because I watched her do it that that was my mother that was my father that was that was who I had to look up to so everything she did I mimicked it in a sense and flipped it into a, a male's perspective but so even now when I think of what type of house I want for my kids. Like, uh, these are the things that go through my head, and I'm 23 years old, and I'm already thinking about kids, marriage, all, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And it's only because I, I know what it looked like to not have, so I want to give back. That's why, like, even when I feel like going back to these middle schools and going back to the high school and talking to these kids, like, I f- I'm so drawn to that because I know how important to have someone in your life who wants you to do better who wants you to go chase your dreams so i guess that's always been my driving factor i'll just say too i'm a, I'm a very competitive person so like yeah if i see somebody else that did something i automatically think i could do it hey shoot do it better if right. that you know that's just a part a part of who i am at this point i think athletics did that to me mm. especially they probably did like, after going to, like, football practices every day and, like, it's you or me who either going to get these snaps. Like, it just makes you go crazy. You fiending for it. You want it so bad that you just keep fighting for it, fighting for it, until you finally get the little taste. And now right. you want it all the time. And even with athletics, you're compared to the other players on the team. So they're like, why you didn't do this? You see he did this, da, da, da. So mm-hmm. it's like you're in constant competition. Every single day, yeah. And I will say, like, there's goods to that mindset, but there's also, like, extreme bads to that. Like, you can't be competitive, like, with everything. Because when you get too competitive about certain things, people are not going to want to be, like, around you. They don't want to deal with you because now everything is is a battle. It's a fight. I got to prove I'm better than you type. And it's not always like that. That's why I'm so glad, like, football was a sport I chose because – it's it's past like just individual things. Like I don't care how good you are at football. You is not winning no state title. You're not winning no playoffs games by yourself. I don't care. You could be the greatest of all time. You're not winning nothing by yourself. So you gotta kinda work with your teammates if you wanna win. Like that's y'all end goal every single season. You talk about winning, 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 winning. That's all y'all be thinking about. So I just hope. I guess we can use that for question of the day, huh? Personal drive. We 
We had a very good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think we smacked that. That was almost too fluid. And it was personal, too. Yeah. yeah. It did get, I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. like the personal conversation. And I've seen a different aspect from both of y'all that you know, like I didn't know yeah. about. Yeah. And it definitely when you know some more about a person, it makes you look at them like a, a little bit broader. Like, oh, they're not this, just this person. They're this. Like, they have all this. <laughs> they have all this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad. We, I'm glad we got to, you know, get a little bit closer yeah. to their dad. And the people on the air joined us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all coming in. Make sure y'all tap in with us next week. Bye. Bye.